Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Well, welcome to Real Cuff, and we've got something a little different tonight, a little exciting for you. First of all, we have an author, and his name is Bill Falster. And he is 83, almost 84 years old. And uh, tonight, we're, we're going to do something a little different. Normally, we, uh, you know, I mean, we're at normally interviewing ex-jihads or, or whatever else. But Bill has actually uh, survived a plane crash, you know, um, has gone through. In 40 years, he, was, he had a business for 40 years that he lost. And uh, we're even going to probably talk about uh, meeting Elvis tonight. Um, but, but one of the things I want to point out is, you know, through all this, God still was there. God still was pulling them through. And uh, I know right now in the times we're going, there's a lot of people that have lost their businesses and are having problems with their businesses. And just to, to know that there's an end. You know that that uh, it's it's not it's not the last day and and uh, if you'll just hang on, you know, and believe in God and trust in God, it's it's gonna it's gonna work out. So, Bill, if you want to start anywhere in your your stories, you've got some incredible ones. I mean, I I already have heard you know that you've interviewed a lot of people. You were in the newspaper business. Yeah, Is that I did. Correct? I didn't lose it. I actually sold it. I didn't get uh, the money that I wanted and still trying to get it, but they're still printing the paper. A guy named Steve Ray printed. I just got some copies tonight. But if you want to, one of the things that I thought we'd talk about is uh, when I was the history chairman of the First Methodist Church, and we were 150 years old. And so I decided to have a marker on the river to where we started. See, back in 1850, the city of Waco wasn't here, and it wasn't even a county. We were part of Milam County. And so we, circuit-riding preacher Joseph P. Sneed came to to this area, and he got about 25 to 30 people together and started this uh, church. And it grew from there and went to several locations. Now it's one of the biggest churches in Waco, First United Methodist Church, about 3,000 members. And it's doing okay. So that's a a picture that markers in my book, which I just published here about a year ago called Press Pass Get You in the Door. It's all about some of the things I've done over my 40, 40, 50 years in the newspaper business. Now, you mentioned about the plane crash. We we can talk about that. I had a guy working for me, and he just happened to own a little Mooney plane, and good or bad, he wanted to part interest in my business. I should have given it to him, but I didn't. So he went and got another paper out in Earth, Texas, and he said, I want you to come see my newspaper. 
and they said, I'll come and get you in my airplane. So, okay, that sounds too good. You, could, you know, for about $50 worth of gas, you could go, four people could go a long way. And so Earth was up around Amarillo. So we got in the in the plane. Well, before that, when he was working for him, we had to be careful what we where to work because at 5 o'clock we took off and went somewhere. $50 worth of gas, you could go all the way down to South Texas. So we had some good fun times with that. Anyway, he'd, he'd already bought this little paper to Earth, and he said, come on, I'll, I'll come get you, show you and bring you back up here. So uh, we did about 5 or 6 o'clock, and well, lo and behold, it started snowing on us when we got to, around the Abilene and Lubbock. And so it was pretty pretty crazy. The snow comes right at your windshield. And uh, so the the uh, the ground crew says, well, don't go on here, but try to go on to Amarillo. Maybe the weather will be better. Well, okay, we do what they... T- got to do what they tell you to do. So it didn't get any better. The uh, snow just kept hitting you. Windshield, and a guy named Ray Friedman was my pilot. He said, shut up. <laughs> said, okay. And so he he saw, looked like what he thought was an airfield. And it was, uh, turned out to be a junkyard. And the lights were, you know, down the road made it look like a landing strip. So, okay, we went in and then started bouncing. I said, Ray, we're bouncing on these cars here. Of course, thank goodness, maybe the Lord with us, it was a high wing. It kind of kind of softened the, the impact. So it didn't, it didn't really tear us up. I think he got a bloody nose. So we we got the plane stopped. I said, "Okay, now let's see what we're going to do." These dogs, y'all better stay here. I'm, I talked to the greyhound dogs. I said, "Now don't eat us up. Y'all go away." And so they did. And then I said, "Now I told my family there was five of us in the. Y'all stay here. We'll go get some help." So Ray and I. Uh, you know, looked around the junkyard, and of course they had a big fence. We uh, we didn't know how to get there, but I took an old seat and turned it up on the end, made it like a ladder. And so we jumped over the fence and went to the hotel, which wasn't about a oh maybe a mile. And we walked in the hotel with a little bit of blood running down his face. They couldn't believe. Said, so, "Well, what happened?" Well, we had a plane crash. Well, they couldn't believe us. We called the police. They were so busy because they had a lot of wrecks. And then uh, then finally, uh, I think a private security or something uh, kind of came to our rescue. He said, well, let's go down and see. See what you're talking about. So we got down there. Of course, I had a big fence, so he couldn't get in. Uh, he said, well, yeah, sure enough. Hey, there's an airplane here in the field in this this uh, used car lot. And so, 
course, I think we had a blanket, so it wasn't maybe too cold. It was all crowded in there. I don't remember yet how we got my family out of there, but maybe maybe got the junkyard guy to come let, let him out. He was mad because the dogs didn't eat us up. One was a brand-new dog. So anyway, we got all, got all over that. Is that okay? Is that going okay? Yeah, Bill, yeah. I was going to ask you, were you guys flying in at 120 miles an hour? Well, whatever the plane goes, yeah. I mean, when you go to land, you don't go 120. You 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 pull it down to maybe, I don't know, 15 or 20 miles an hour. I'm not a pilot, so I don't know. Wow. But we, it uh, doesn't sound like a... You know, that sounds like a miracle in itself. Well, yeah. You got the way you landed. And the, uh, the airplane... The, the controller says, where'd you go? We missed you. We couldn't find you. Well, we didn't didn't make it. But anyway, Lord bless us all. We, we didn't get any scratches. Just Ray had a little blood running down his nose. And so I guess we got got the, the owner over there and let us out. And we rented a car and went to Earth, which is only about 30 miles from there. So he got to show us his newspaper. I think he had to junk the uh, junk the airplane. I think a week or two later, there's a some kind of uh, sound or something that goes off, and it, it was so cold it wouldn't go off. It's supposed to alert alert you where the plane is. A week or so later, they they heard it go off in Waco. So I guess we uh, I don't remember now. I guess we. Rented a car and came back to Waco. So that's uh, that's the end of that little story. That's incredible. That that had to. Uh, uh, was your family up to going with you? Yeah, there was uh, a, a two my two daughters and my wife and Ray. There was, of course, they wasn't very big at that time, so we kind of all tightened in there. Cheryl, I have one daughter, Cheryl, and one daughter, Jennifer. And, of course, they wasn't married at that time. And my wife was named Camelia, and his name was Ray Friedman. So. Yeah. Bill, tell us, tell us some about your business. You, uh, you had a business for 40 years. Well, my daddy started it in 1946. It was a Texas, uh, Texas newspaper. It... Uh, it was an old age pension, but that wasn't, you don't make no money there. So, uh, Texas citizen, and we eventually changed it to the Waco citizen. Of course, it, when it was 46, I was still going to school. I'd get out a half a day and come to the office, and he tried several things, and finally kind of settled down to a, a weekly newspaper called the Waco Citizen. Back then, you didn't have all this competition that you have now. You got to, so we was able to sell some ads and stuff. And then I think in '88, I uh, people thought we was going to go maybe go down, but we bought the Moody Courier. I bought the Moody Courier in '88, and it was uh, about a hundred and something years old. Went thin. 
so then that gave us some new life and so we we've been able to keep it going until I sold out uh, to raise to Steve Ray who's a supposedly a professional writer and politician uh, well not a politician but he works with politicians and he's gotten some awards he worked with Corpus Christi paper so he's uh, been able to keep it going uh, despite uh, the economy of course it's just, the world's changing now it's, you got more competition that's coming in there and it's not as easy to sell ads as it was back then but we had the Waco Citizen and then the Suburban Courier I changed it from the Moody Courier to Suburban Courier because Moody was dying so we've kept it going he bought it uh, January 1st 2013 he said well I think I'm ready he looked at me for about three years studying it we moved everything to his office on another office on 19th Street Rosemary Perkins uh State. She went with it, so she's she's out there holding it together now. She's office manager and everything else. So I don't go out there. I just sell ads on my home computer, and I send them to her, and she fixes them up and sends them back to me if I need to. And I write stories and send them in to her, and I give her a list of ads, and she takes care of it. And I have a, a kid named Cecil. He brings me the paper. He just brought me some papers. And then he goes and puts some out to my advertiser. So we just kind of rock along that way. And uh, he's, uh, of course, it's, you know, he's having to kind of up, upgrade. We've got to a website going now that which you can look at the paper and you can flip over the pages. So I can send that to anybody. It probably could be better on Facebook. We could need, we'll try to get into that. But uh, the main thing is he keeps going. And uh, he, right now he's spending a lot of time in South Texas working with politicians. So that takes away from his newspaper work. Pray that he keeps on going. In uh, in 1953, when the tornado hit, did it do damage to your building? Or yes, sir, I got a story about that. Is uh, we'd opened up a fair uh, coliseum. I just we we're going to have a home show, and I was out there. It was about 4:30 when it hit, so I came. You know, it sounded like pounding on the roof. So I came back downtown, and I could only get about Fifth and Austin. Couldn't couldn't get to my building. We got out and walked, and yeah, sure enough, we had some some boards going through the bricks, splinters. Uh, I've got a name, Major Jeffries, worked for me, and he was had sense enough to cover up some of the line types and stuff. And so that was the only issue we ever missed. We couldn't get any electricity uh, to run the gas or electricity. Of course, we had line types. You had gas, uh, metal, which you don't have all that now. So we we recovered. What we couldn't recover is when the urban renewal come along and says, you've got to get out. Well, it was, it was leave me alone.
I'm okay. I'm on about a block or two from courthouse, city hall. So that doesn't make a difference. We're gonna we're gonna tear your building down. So I couldn't I couldn't fight that. I, maybe I should have got a better lawyer. Got some more, but anyway, I got about I figured the system out about twenty five thousand dollars to get enough to move my three or four businesses. I bought a nice building, 25th and Coal, for about $50,000. And so we began moving out there, and I decided to put in a new press instead of taking the old press out there. Put in a three-unit golf press, got it in July of 1970. And we started printing a lot of papers, a lot of printing. We had the Baylor Laird and a lot of the neighborhood, about 20, about 20 neighborhood papers. And so it's uh, it rocked along until that guy out of Dallas he he wanted it pretty bad, so I sold it to him. Again, the Lord helped us one way or the other. I didn't come out like I wanted to, but we got through all that and got uh, and then about a year ago I sold my building and we had a little some legal troubles there with a guy who was in there. He wouldn't get out, so he had to get a lawyer, and they had to fight over it. So I finally, finally got that settled. So I'm out of that. I got the building sold. I got the paper sold. Now I just work at home. I go make calls where I need to be and use a lot of emails, sending out emails and make up the ads here or let Rosemary make them and then she sends them back and then I I bill them get the money in take out my commission and send the rest of the money to Steve Ray so it's working pretty good and then if I want to work okay if I don't want to work I don't like today I didn't get moving very much today does that tell you enough about my business yeah, it's eighty three and you're still still working. Well that's yeah, fantastic. I mean I'm not like getting up and going to the office every day. If I wanna if I wanna do something I do. If I don't I just put it off. I send a lot of emails out and hopefully kinda like fishing, you throw it out there and maybe somebody bites. We've got up here the cotton uh Collins Street Bakery is uh, working on that account today and a credit union working with them. I've had the three Baylor kids. I'm really disappointed about the Baylor kids. The students want to help, but they don't do, they don't send their resume, they don't make the calls, they don't do what they, what they promise. So I can't depend on, on the students. I guess Baylor keeps them awful busy. But I'm still praying that maybe this girl said she wanted to to work with me in Avertide, but she didn't send the resume and uh, said she was a senior. But that's about the third one now that has disappointed me. But there's no, I mean, I didn't have anything before, so if she comes through, okay. If she don't, okay. So that's what we're doing right now. And, I mean, there's lots of, Still lots of opportunity out there to sell, do promotions.
that's what we're what I'm doing now. Well, over the years, it sounds like you have met quite a few famous people. Done interviews with or? Yeah, like the president of the United States, George W. Bush, and he would come to Waco in Air Force One, and it's always exciting to go out there and meet him at the airport. All his security and the and the drug dogs and you have to be checked out and you have to you can't just go out there you got to be checked out and, uh, with the with the White House and so we did and then you eventually wait till the plane comes in he jumps off the plane maybe he'll come and say hello maybe he'll just get on they got two marine helicopters uh, that's so the so the enemy won't know which one he's in. And then they can fly right on into the, uh, to his uh, home over in Crawford. They've got a landing strip over there for helicopters. And if the weather's bad, they'll take some of the limos or something. They always bring limos, extra plane. they got another backup plane. It's, it's a big thing. Of course, I, in my emails, I sent you... Uh, the pilot was Mark Tillman, and on the last flight, when Bush, you know, did his eight years, well, the pilot didn't didn't need to come to Waco anymore. He left Bush here, and he's going to take the plane back to Washington. So I got to interview him at the Hilt at the Hilton the, about the last day, and he told me about going to the war zone. And how that when he was he he would when the after they landed took off he goes straight straight up if he could to keep them from firing shooting them down so that was interesting I've got that in my book and I'm rewriting a, another book maybe put some stuff I didn't have in there. Well, you yeah, got, you said you said in your next book that you you're probably going to put some of the stuff about Elvis. Well, uh, Elvis, I just yeah, I just last night uh, on the public television. Uh, of course, Ed Fidel worked for me. And, uh, him and he became uh, close friends with Elvis because he was in the radio in KRLD in Dallas. But you know, Elvis. Decided to go ahead and join the army. I guess he could have got out of it, but he didn't. He came to Fort Hood, and so then when he was in Fort Hood, uh, Eddie Fidel would invite him to come to his home here on Alaska, and they would. Well, he he wanted he wanted to get away and relax and not be harassed as like he does when he has to go somewhere. And they had a piano there and they had a big bench that they could sofa that they could visit and talk to that's on her her museum uh, the Janice Fidel Elvis Presley Museum I don't think she sells anything but you anybody wanted to know about it could look at it on the uh, on the website and then she she was telling me on the on the TV about going to the movie 25th Street Theater, which is next to my building, and Elvis wanted to see a show there, and he she told the manager, and I don't tell anybody, because 
you know, every time Elvis moves, we'll attract the crowd. But he did anyway, and so they had a kind of a crowd there. They went ahead and sat down and tried to watch the movie, the family. And they, uh, she says on the TV last night that uh, they decided to, you know, they better get out of there because they'd be, be swamped when they, so she she said, I'm going to go get the car and put it in the back of the theater and then y'all come on out, which they did. They slipped out and got away and went back to their house, which is only about 20 blocks from the theater. And so that's the end of that story. Now, are you going to talk about Jerry Jones or, or the Super Collider? We went to the Valley Ranch one time. I said, let's go see what it's like. And about the time we walked in the door, Jerry Jones come in. He, he saw my camera, so he said, well, okay, you want a picture? Yeah, so he took a picture. And then he, he saw my press pass, I guess, so. Well, yeah, I took a picture of my wife and him, and she really she really liked that picture. But uh, when he found out I was with the press, well, he set me up an interview in their interview room with a, a player from Waco. So we got to we got to have that experience, and then they well, that's about all they do. They you know get. They wasn't playing football that day. They were just interviewing. Then the Super Collider was a big bondugo with the government. They want to know how to how the world was created and going to smash an atom. Well, I don't know how many billions of dollars they've spent digging this channel around the wood. Watch it. Waxahachie. It's about 50 miles around. And they invited us to go down in there to see what they were doing. They're digging out this channel, and we had to have certain kind of shoes. They'd lift us down, down in this channel, and yeah, sure enough, they were digging a big old round tunnel around there. And, but it turned out to be too big a, too big a deal. Cost too much money, so. The government killed it. I yeah, they never they never finished that project, did they? No. And it was oh, we don't know how the world was created, I guess. But I, I think there were some other people. You know, maybe one in Chicago and one in the overseas that was doing some of the same thing. So maybe they'll find out how how the world was created. Well, let's see what else we had. <laughs> So through all this stuff, you know, I mean, losing the businesses and the tornadoes and the stuff, you know, how has God been able to influence your life and, and uh, you know, just keep you going the straight and narrow, basically? Well, just keep on, keep on going, keep on praying about it. And uh, I've had a prayer partner now comes in once a week from the church. Mainly, I kind of got him in because I was facing these lawsuits over the building and over the uh, printing bill I didn't know. So, well, anyway, he'd become coming here and meet weekly and 
we've I think we've got rid of both of those because uh, it wasn't my building and it wasn't my printing because I sold the paper. So the lawyers, I told the lawyers, I paid them enough. That's all I'm gonna pay them. So I haven't, haven't hard, haven't heard them from them in several weeks now. But uh, yeah, for a while I put quite a bit of money in. Got it pretty well paid down. Oh, I just have a one credit card now with about two thousand dollars I owe on it. I keep, I, I use all the time. And then I'm one note I'm paying off a hundred dollars a month. So with Social Security and some, I'm sorry, I'm coughing. And some of the money I make on advertising, we're staying afloat. My wife's had a a house of her own that she rents out, and so that help that helps her. So we're we're holding our own right now because I always like to make more money. And uh, maybe when business picks up, it's kind of slow right now. Some of these politicians will be cranking up maybe. I'm not getting like I used to because the competition. I mean, the, they want to go to the TV. You know, they like TV. But we'll see how that comes out. The election about two or three weeks. Got two people running for sheriff, and some other people running. One guy wants to be the United States congressman, but on the Democratic side. And he had to get 500 names on a petition so he wouldn't have to pay the filing fee, which he told me today he did. So I'm hoping that I can help them have a little political rally over here. He's the only Democrat. The rest of them are Republicans. And Waco used to be a Democrat. We used to never hear about the Republicans. Now we uh, now we do. So, well, uh, I've gotten several things written here. We One time we were in Germany. We went to Checkpoint Charlie. And that was pretty scary. Because the Russian come on with their machine gun on the bus, they won't let the American driver go into Russia, so they had to put their own driver in there. But I guess we looked all right because he didn't didn't shoot us or anything. <laughs> and so, of course, there wasn't nothing to see. They didn't want you to see anything over just a little little park there. But the idea, the reason why we was over there, was the idea was it a big lift. The idea is they could lift a whole division from Waco, Texas, and from Fort Hood to to Germany in case they had to fight a war. They wanted to see if they could do it. And yeah, sure enough, they could. I got on the plane here in Waco, and uh, kind of a new plane, 80 80 hours on it. And we landed at Kaiserslautern, and they kept us, they put us up at Frankfurt, Maine. I think a dollar and a half a night for the hotel. And then we had helicopters and we could go out and see the troops or we could learn what they're doing. So I got to see Germany. I decided to stay over a little while and went to, got on the train, went to Paris. I almost got in trouble because I couldn't 
I got in the wrong wrong car. Didn't have the right right ticket. But they took my passport away. Now that's really scary. You know, country when you don't have a passport, you're you're out of the country. So right before we stopped, he let me have it back. I got out and got a hotel room for five dollars. But I didn't trust the metro. I walked all over Paris. But anyway, I stayed over 17 days. Oh, yeah, one time they, I decided to go skiing. The government had a ski place down in Garmish Passion Pectern. And I went down there and came down head first down the hill. But that's, uh, you know, another experience that the Lord took care of us. We had uh, got through all that safely. And then we, I don't forget how we got back. We must have had the same plane getting back. So that was 17 days over. I got my daddy on the trip, but he didn't stay that long. That was called Operation Big Lift. Wow. So so the name of your book is called Press Pass Gets You in the Door. Yeah. I, you know, accumulated a bunch of press passes everywhere I went. And uh, to to the ball games or this uh, this big deal at Baylor uh, economic summit, and then they're going to get a press pass to go to the White House over in Crawford, and I decided to that's something that nobody else, uh, very few people accumulate. We had uh, one year Baylor won a football game after 50 years. And we spent a week up there with all the press passes and stuff that we had up there with one of my sports editor, Tommy. And we got to see, got to enjoy that. And I said in the press press box, uh, Grant Taft was our coach. And it was raining until stopped, till the game stopped, started. And it quit raining. And when the game was over, it started raining again. So we got that. That was a good good case of the uh, Lord taking care of us, I guess. Let's see wow. what I got now. About to getting caught in a snowstorm up in Colorado. My daughter said, come on up here and see us. We flew, we flew up there. Everything was okay until we got there and it just came a big storm. And as uh, Azura she lived in Azora, which is a little town south of Denver. My daughter, that's my daughter Cheryl, she had a big job up there. And so we, well, the flat couldn't go anywhere. The, you know, there wasn't, it was Sunday, they wasn't clearing off the roads or anything. So we were stuck there. And so I said to make the best of it, I went in and started writing stories about the, our four or five days up there and no Dr. Pepper to go to can the, the snow was up to your your waist so we we just tucked it out and then after the over we got in the train went to uh, see some of the sights up in the hills and the mountains and then we came back that by that time they got the airport cleared and they could they could take us home, bring us back to Dallas, back to Waco, and we all jumped up and down when we hit DFW. 
So we were so glad to get back. And that's the end of that little story. <laughs> I bet. So tell me, now, if somebody wanted to buy your book, what's the best way for them to get it? Well, if you call me or get it on Amazon. Amazon's got two. They got a little digital thing, but they can also order it and they can mail it to you or I can mail it to you. We're, we're charging 15 to kind of cover the cost of printing. And, and uh, if we have to mail it, it's about 2 or $3 more. They can call me at this number that you're talking on. Okay, right. well, I will, I'll link your number to, uh, to your interview. And uh, also, I think you said link it your Facebook. Yeah. So, not, so if somebody wants to write you or yeah, get a they, hold of you. Yeah, they can put some comment on Facebook. I'm not up as good as I want to be on Facebook. Uh, my email, you got it. You can put that on somewhere where they can find that. Okay, I'll do that, Bill. Well, I, I got to say, I really enjoyed hearing some of your stories. And uh, my understanding is your book is just packed with uh, a lot of a lot of stories just like this. So, yeah, and. Uh, you know, the, about the mark of the history and about the Russian president, Baltimore, and about the Baylor, meeting them in Baylor, having pictures that Baylor didn't have. And then about the Heloise, we haven't talked about Heloise. Uh, you see her in all the papers, you know. She was born in Waco, Texas. And her mother and I became acquainted when she was... When she was writing the column, and then, of course, now Heloise, call her Heloise too. Uh, I met her in, in, uh, down in around San Antonio, and I said, why don't you come to Waco, and, uh, you know, because you're a big fan here, because I was your local newspaper at that time. So I said, okay, I will if you get a organization behind it. I don't want to just come on my own. So we got the Junior League to sponsor it. We gave the money to a charity. Here we had about 50, at least 50 women. They all paid about $50. And it was kind of funny. We had some celebrity waiters. One of the big car dealers here, he dressed up real nice and so he could pour the wine. But she, she stayed there about two hours signing books afterwards. And so she calls... Uh, you know, called Waco or her home. Now but, she took she took over her mother's. Yeah, right. Her mother used to write the column, and she took it over. Yeah, her, long, I, her mom had a heart attack. Like, well, I guess so. I guess she died. She, yeah, her mother, she mother. I think her mother was drinking a little bit. But anyway, she would come to Waco, and I'd interview her. But um, I met her for the first time. The mother down to LBJ Ranch. I was invited to to LBJ Ranch when a German chancellor was there. So I got to meet her, her there. And then later on, her daughter took over. So uh, that was another another experience, seeing Lyndon B. Johnson at the Johnson Ranch. Um, then there's one that we's uh, I wrote here to something to you 
about Rick Sheldon putting on the uh, put on boat shows and RV shows, and uh, a guy named Rick Shelton at that time was a boat salesman. And so, also because I rented the Coliseum or the convention center, I put the I did pageants for 28 years. So I put the pageant in the middle, I mean in the stage there, because saving money, I didn't have to rent another building or anything. I had that stage there, not doing anything. So we had a beauty pattern right in the middle of the a boat show. But Lisa Ferris Sheldon, well, her name was Ferrison, uh, she won Miss Central Texas. And she and, and uh, Rick, uh, well, they fell in love with each other. And Rick then, they moved to... Santone, and he became a pretty rich developer, made a lot of money. And so then I, I suspect, I don't know, I think she was homesick, so she wanted to move back to Waco. And so he, I guess he said, well, okay, we can move to Waco. And they, they did. They got a big old house overlooking the lake, and they had a couple of kids by that time. And so he said, why don't we... You know, let's have a a, a a stadium on the river, and let's have a nice bridge or kind of a showcase bridge. Well, they thought he's kind of crazy at that time, but uh, sure enough, it happened. He uh, somebody bought his idea and they got it. Of course, Drayton McLean. Uh, put up $250 million to uh, build a stadium. Now it's one of the most beautiful stadiums around. And uh, they got a, a bridge over it lights up different colors. If Baylor wins, it's green and gold. If they don't win, I guess it goes to different colors. It's on the I-35 highway. And it's uh, over, over the Brazos River. Jack. Jack Cousin was on a three on a three on a highway board, and back in when we was building highways, he said, "Let's run this highway through the middle of Waco instead of running around it." Well, I guess that turned out to be a good thing. So, even though I lost a house there, one of my, I had a rent house in the middle of the, what was the highway, so I got a little bit of money out of that and. Bought a, one of my first presses, so now it is a fantastic highway. Of course, I have a few few wrecks every day, but it's uh, I don't know how many thousand vehicles a day go through. Now it's really developing up in the, for the, the hotels and motels and restaurants, and we've got an In-N-Out Burger now for the first time. And they, yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I was down there Wednesday, I think it was, and I oh, saw yeah. that In and Out Burger down there. So yeah, it's kind of cute, isn't it? Yeah. And they haven't advertised, so I guess they they got a pretty big name. And then today is in the Tribune. There's two more restaurants they're gonna have. They're gonna open up down there, and then there seems like another hotel or two. So Waco's really booming now. 
and it's uh, that's a good good deal. Let's see what else I got on my my list of things to talk about. Uh, we talked about Rick Sheldon. We uh, talked about Elvis. Uh, we talked about. Uh, but I don't did we talk about going to flying to Las Vegas, see that was Waco was headquarters for twelfth Air Force. named Chester me McCarthy was general. And their PR man knew I couldn't stay away very long. But he said, We're gonna be gone for three days Las Vegas. If you wanna go, I said, Well sure I wanna go. So I jumped on the plane there with him. Flying with the general, he gets to go he gets to go off first before they let you off. Unless you're taking pictures, maybe you need to get out of there first. So we'd go to Las Vegas, and they had the jets. The jets fly out of Las Vegas. And they wanted to show us how they they, they could shoot down a drone and take us out in the, in the, in the field there. Where nothing out there in the field but to, well, just... This old prairie, right? so they would they'd open up with a bang, and they'd show how they could shoot these drones, shoot them down. And we'd stay at the Stardust for five dollars a night, had the Air Force cars, and then we'd go back. When we got through, we'd get back to the airfield and fly home. Maybe stop along the way. Then one time, one of the uh, one of the people took our Lions Club and said, we're going to start a Lions Club down in, in Antarctica. So they they took our flag and took it down there. And, of course, you know, down in the Antarctica, it's only, you can only get in there about six months of the year. So they kept our flag down there. We couldn't get it back till the weather got better. But eventually we did. We got it back, and they had to, they call it the 49ers Lions Club. So that's another experience that we had. <laughs> well, I have to say this. Um, you know, it, it seems like through everything you've been through, and and which between the tornadoes and and uh, the losing the business and all that stuff. I mean, it, it's a lot of stuff that people are going through right now and uh but there is a there is a light at the end of the tunnel my main regret in life is trusting lawyers instead of speaking up they let them <laughs> when you talk to a lawyer they you kind of feel like they know what they're doing but but they don't they, they don't do it their way so i should have spoke up more so that's the main regret, I guess, I got. Yeah. So one of my, so my press, and they, the lawyers got it all screwed up, and but they didn't get away free. They had to pay. They had to finish paying for the press. A guy in Dallas. So. So I. Yeah. Just, I just started printing somewhere else until I. Until we could get uh, 
you know, get things worked out. Well, I, I didn't have to worry about printing. I had about 22 papers I'd print, including the Baylor Lariat. So I didn't have to worry about all that. All right. Well, Bill, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. Like I said, I'll put your information up, and if anybody wants to get a hold of your book, it's, it sounds like it's a really good read. So It's been selling pretty good. With my wife decided she wanted to write one, so she sold two. Now, where are you going to tell people where to get what we recorded here? Yeah, yeah. I will, I, I'll actually send you the information so you can pass it on and, and uh, you know, listen to it and give us your feedback. Yeah, one more thing I didn't talk about. I had a, a religious radio show and uh, for one hour, about once a week or something, and I'd have people call in, you know, some of the preachers, and put something in the paper what I was going to talk about. And But that got to be pretty hard. So we, I gave that up one one hour, two hours a week, you know. Right, right. So that didn't hurt anything, but I had that had that experience. Well, All right. I hope that does some good for somebody. That, uh, well, I do appreciate you coming on. Thank well, you, Bill, and and you know keep in touch.